Funds for Bookworm are provided in part by Lannan Foundation. From KCRW and KCRW.com, I'm Michael Silverblatt, and this is Bookworm. This is a doubly exciting week for me. First of all, I want to point out that the songs you hear on the show were written for the show by the great, the extraordinary rock group Sparks, who have been performing at Disney Hall. The second thing I want to say is that the book I'm talking about this week, Pure Color by my guest Sheila Hetty, took my breath away. I thought it was a flabbergasting book. You know, I don't have anything on the show that I don't like. It doesn't seem to me to be important to tell people what not to read. But I am very happy this week to say that you should absolutely read Pure Color by my guest, Sheila Hetty. Her name is spelled H-E-T-I. I know you're all going to want to read this book. Now, Sheila, one of the things, as I understand it, that determined the course of this book, and it occurs within the book itself, was the death of your father. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because it's something that I feel very deeply about the death of my own father. Yeah, he was um, an incredible uh, man and an incredible father. And um, his death really uh, threw me into a completely new dimension somehow um, because... I just was so disoriented uh, to not have him here anymore. It wasn't a huge surprise. Um, He had cancer, but um, I guess when it happens, it happens quickly. And I just, the world looked completely different to me after that. Um, Like I'd stepped into, yeah, some other realm. This new book, Pure Color, um, begins on its very first page with an alteration to our experience of narration. What we once upon a time called omniscient narrator. This means to anyone who doesn't know it, omniscient means all-knowing. And ultimately the closest thing to an omniscient narrator, would be God. In this book, God is looking at the world essentially as just his first draft. Who knows when he's going to get around to changing it or perfecting it. So I thought I'd ask Sheila to read the very first page in which we learn this about what was once our omniscient narrator. Sheila Hetty 
reading the first page of Pure Color. After God created the heavens and the earth, he stood back to contemplate creation, like a painter standing back from the canvas. This is the moment we are living in, the moment of God standing back. Who knows how long it has been going on for? Since the beginning of time, no doubt. But how long is that? And for how much longer will it continue? You'd think it would only last a moment, this delay of God standing back before stepping forward again to finish the canvas. But it appears to be going on forever. But who knows how long or short this world of ours seems from the vanishing point of eternity. Now, I've never read a novel that begins by immediately altering the nature of our reality. And we're told by the second page that perhaps the earth is heating up in advance of God's second draft. Sheila, dare I ask you, are there any novels you can think of that influence this, what can I say, cataclysmic revelation that alters the nature of the reader's relationship to the book he or she are reading? The only book I can think of which is not a novel would be the Bible. (laughs) I don't think that any novels I've read have started this way, but um, I guess, yeah, maybe religious texts of different sorts. Now tell me, this is a very, very daring thing to do. Were you frightened? Did it frighten you? I don't remember a lot of the emotions that I had when I was writing the book. I was very, um, it's very far away from me. I, I can, you know, when I was, when I wrote my last two books after I wrote them and when I was doing interviews, I could remember a lot about the process. I remembered where I was sitting when I wrote them. I remembered what I was thinking. And with this book, it just all feels like it happened to a different person somehow. So I don't know that I was frightened. I, I don't suspect I was frightened. Um, I wrote actually that beginning before my father died. I started writing the book about a year before he passed away. The book I think of that alters the reader's relationship to an understanding of reality is Voltaire's Candide. And I think in its way, Pure Color is a book as extraordinary as that is. That begins by telling us that those who believe that all's for the best in this best of all possible worlds are wrong, simply wrong. I would say that Pure Color has as monumental a set of revelations. Let me say quickly what they are. We meet the narrator, whose name is Mira. She has a woman that she loves, whose name is Annie. And she has um, a father who dies. The next miracle that happens after we learn about God's relationship to his first draft of the world is that when Mira's father dies, his soul enters mirrors. They become a conglomerate of souls, and then, next astonishing, 
Mira and her father combined become a leaf on a tree, a leaf that's destined to fall. If you are reading about the book, you might get the impression, as I did, that the book is a difficult or a demanding book. But the book is so straightforward in its events that I would say that the first thing you need to do with a book like this is accept it on a almost as if it were a great declarative sentence. What happens you don't need to interpret, you just need to accept. Would you agree? Yes, I think that it's realism. I mean, uh, that happened to me um, when my father died, and I... I wanted to write that down. I didn't think I was writing it down for a book, but it was the most astonishing thing that had happened to me in my life. And so I don't I don't mean the, the leaf part. I mean the feeling of his spirit entering my body. Um, and it's a weird thing to say. And it was so strange that I thought that if I don't write it down, I'll never believe that it happened. I'll never remember how it happened or how it felt. But then even the leaf part, I felt like the experience, you know, say six months or three months after he died was like that of like just being, just being with him in this quiet, separate place, not quite moving through the world the way I had before, not in the world of culture, not in the world of other people. So everything that I wrote just felt to me literal. You know, to this day, my grandma Rose, who lived to be 101, when I was born, she was 61, a refugee from Russia. She we lived, my family, my mother, father, and I, and my sister lived in her apartment. And when we got a house, she moved in with us. So she was with me every day of my life. And it was from her I learned what I considered to be the most important thing in the world, Sheila. She didn't speak English, and I didn't speak Russian or Yiddish, but we sat talking to each other every, every, every day, and somehow, without being able to put it into words, we always understood one another. And to this day still, I feel that she talks to me, that she supervises what good fortune I have from what I call the heavenly throne room. And you see, I've never seen a novel that put this kind of experience with our lost ones into words. And in pure color, my guest, Sheila Hetty, definitely does that very and astonishing thing. Would... I be appalling to you if I would say that Pure Color offers a new beginning for the novel, as well as whatever we're waiting for in terms of God's second draft. This is the new beginning of the novel. What does that make you feel to hear that? <laughs> I mean, that's a really wonderful thing to hear. You know, that's a really wonderful thing to hear. Thank you for saying that. Um, 
I, I can't see the book from the outside. Um, but to me, it's, uh, I just wrote it, I think, from some much more unconscious place. And I felt much more led um, by instinct writing this book than by intellect. And um, I was reading... I was reading David Wallace Wells's book, The Uninhabitable Earth. And I think that book was so great and it got inside me. You know, when you're writing any book, you just don't know for sure if it's, if it's for anyone except yourself. And so it's, it's good to know that it is. My guest, Sheila Hetty, has written two novels before this, as well as additional works, but she considers her first book really to be the book How Should a Person Be? And after that came Motherhood. And now we're talking about her novel, Pure Color. Can I ask you where the title comes from? Well, it came from a dream. I had a dream and it's it became a scene in the book. The reason that I think that that title works is because if God is an artist... You know, if if we on Earth are artists, we paint with paint, or or you know, we we charcoal, or we, we use pencil crayons. But if God is making the Earth, then God would use pure color, not color in a medium such as paint. This book is in no way irreligious or an assault on God. It begins with the presupposition that God exists and that He is still working with the world to develop its next draft. Modern and especially postmodern novelists use the concept of God in order to deprecate or withdraw. You don't you aren't doing this at all. Do you consider yourself therefore a religious person? Um it's funny, I don't I'm not bothered by the question of whether or not I believe in God. I don't think belief is required. Um, and to me, I'm just not interested in that question of believing or not believing. I'm interested in the idea of God, but I don't ever ask myself about belief or not belief. I do think you're right that I don't think that this is, this is a sacrilegious book. I do agree with you there. And I, I don't know if I'm religious, but I do have a sense of... Um, awe and wonder, and I've always had that, and maybe that, maybe that's tied to a religious, in its in its original for you know in its original reasons that you just don't have the answers to everything, and um, you're curious about how the universe came to be and why we're here and what we're meant to do here and what our relationship to death is and to the divine and if there is a divine. I'm interested in all those questions. Now, the next revelation in the book by my guest Sheila Hetty, the book called Pure Color, is that the woman, Annie, comes upon that leaf, which is the combination of our heroine, narrator, Mira's soul, and her father's soul, transformed to nature. And Annie comes and takes Mira out of the leaf and back into life of sorts. 
As a result, we learn that Annie is what Mira calls a fixer. What is a fixer? A fixer is somebody who thinks they can make the world better, who thinks they can improve it and fix it, and then and that their changes will last through time, even just a short amount of time they think they'll last. And in this book, fixers include psychologists, family counselors of various sorts. This book, Pure Color, is an absolutely singular book to my mind because it's it asks its readers to think that these fixers are not fixers, that we somehow come into the world through what amounts to whatever form it takes, a family unit, and that we were put here to explore the family unit. In other words, this is a book that celebrates not only God, but an essential idea of the conventional family. Well, I mean, that stuff in the book is the perspective of the father, and the father is a bear, and the bear (laughs) um, cares more about family than about anything else. And so for the father who is speaking at that time in the leaf talking about fixers or the father's soul or spirit, um, the idea is that the family can't be fixed, that the family has a certain structure, you know, that's as given as a tree. It's a fundamental structure and that the members of the family shouldn't be bringing in outsiders to try to fix the problems of the family. And, and, And that's what he maintains. Well, I want to, again, stress to my listeners how amazing it is to hear a writer who is frequently regarded as the dean of modern novel writing, speaking not with contempt, but with acceptance of three kinds of relation to the world. One of them is the relation of the bear who believes in holding very tightly what he has, that is to say, his family. What are the other two? The fish, which is Annie, the love interest, um, and those people are more interested in structures and, and justice and fairness for all, and they're more politically minded. And then like Mira, the birds who are interested in aesthetics and art and beauty and and making harmony and order out of the universe. And they, the birds, come closest to God's vision because they are aestheticians. They see things as if from a distance, yes? Yeah, and they're the happiest because, you know, the world is beautiful. God did make a beautiful world in this book. You know, nature, you can't have any complaints about the sky and the trees and the oceans, but you can have complaints about intimate relationships and you can have complaints about the political structures that we, you know, that that govern human life. I'm Michael Silverblatt, and you're listening to KCRW's Bookworm. I'm talking 
with Sheila Hetty about her new book, Pure Color. We'll continue after the short break. I want to tell you about a new show from the Financial Times called Life and Art from FT Weekend, hosted by me, Lila Raptopoulos. Life and Art is twice a week. On Mondays, I have a guest on to talk about life and how to live a good one. Everything from winter travel to cooking to living more creatively. And on Fridays, we talk art. Two FT journalists and I discuss a piece of culture that's in the air. New music, movies, and more. Find Life and Art from FT Weekend wherever you listen. I'm Michael Silverblatt. This is Bookworm, and I'm talking with Sheila Hetty about her new book, Pure Color, a galaxy of a novel by a philosopher of modern experience. Do you regard yourself as a philosopher? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a writer. I don't know what kind of writer I am, but I, I love sentences and I love the form of the book and it's very important to me. Books and I don't care what kind of books. I, I love so many different kinds of books. So I just think of myself really as a writer, not as a novelist or philosopher or any subcategory. Would you mind telling me what you've been reading recently? The book is called Reality Plus, and it's written by David J. Chalmers, who's a philosopher. And um, it's about the idea of virtual worlds and if we're living in a simulation and what philosophers, contemporary philosophers make of that. And I think what um, religions make and have made of that idea that that somehow we're living in the consciousness or I don't know what the projection of some consciousness. You live there in Toronto, in Canada, a place I used to visit frequently when I was an undergraduate at Buffalo, and we'd frequently go from Niagara Falls, uh, which we would visit stoned, to Toronto, where we would <laughs> see the movies that had not yet come to Buffalo. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you would mind recommending some of the writers that my listeners, in your opinion, should be looking at right now. Oh, there's so many writers right now that I'm excited about. Honestly, a lot of the reading that I do is correspondence. I have a lot of correspondences with people, and I really learn a lot that way. And there's this young writer theater actor and podcaster named Mohammed Shahata or Shahata S H E H A T A and he's been writing me and I've been writing him and I've been listening to his podcast and he's a young man in his 20s and um I just think that he's one of the most learned and interesting people that I'm reading and learning from right now. I just read a book that's coming out called Acts of Service by Lillian Fishman. And that book is a novel about how people can find intimacy in places that is not supposed to exist. I think it's going to be kind of a controversial book. And I, Sean Thor Conroe just published a book called F*** Boy or F*** Boy. Um, I thought it was real poetry. Yeah, Aleph Bateman's new book, Either Or, is her best book so far, I think. It's so interesting oh, about heterosexuality. It. It's so good. Uh -huh. It's so funny. And just the conversations that the characters have, like they're in university and they're asking all the 
fundamental questions. And it just made me long for that time when that was all you did was just stay up all night, stoned or drunk or sober and just talked and talked and talked. Elif Batuman um, has been on Bookworm before and will be with this new book, Either Or. Again, she is one of my favorite writers. Um, but my guest, Sheila Hetty, has, if you'll pardon me, gone beyond favorite to extravagant. I had no expectation that you could do the things that you've done in this new novel, Pure Color. And, you know, since I have the opportunity, I want to recommend it to everyone. It's it's a magnificent book. It's published by Farrah Strauss and Giroux. It's been years since we talked with your first book. And I want to take my metaphorical cap off and bow to you. Thank you for following these artistic impulses. It must have been and will be for the future a really amazing experience. Would would you like to describe what you feel like now that the book is done and published? I feel really calm. I have always experienced publication as a very nerve-wracking thing, and this time I don't feel that at all. It just feels like normal life, and that's such a relief because to be so sensitive to what the critics say and whether people like it or not is is not pleasant, and I just feel very separate from that and very like it's happening it's not happening to me in the same way that the other publications happened it's not it's not touching my emotions and i think that's a very very good thing for me i've been talking with sheila hetty author of the extraordinary novel pure color published by farris strauss and Giroux. thank you sheila for being with us thank you so much michael thank you so much It's been a real pleasure for me. I want to tell my listeners that due to the pandemic, we are each in separate locations, taping remotely, so you may hear unusual sounds. You can visit kcrw.com slash bookworm for a podcast of today's show, also available at all podcast services and on demand with KCRW smartphone apps. If you haven't already become a KCRW member, you know, as you're hearing this for the first time, the book was published just yesterday. We are keeping you in touch And, you know, there aren't that many ways left to stay in touch. Fortunately, Pure Color is getting the reviews of a lifetime for a new novel. It's a pleasure to read. Why don't you join us on KCRW? Because we are proud to introduce you to work like this. I want to give special thanks to my Bookworm Show collaborators, Alan Howard and Sean Sullivan. The word love is not too strong a word to use for my relation to them. I also love our engineer, PJ Shahamet. 
I'm Michael Silverblatt. Join me again, please, next time on Bookworm. I am a bookworm, he is a bookworm, she is a bookworm, we are all bookworms. Funds for Bookworm are provided in part by Lannan Foundation. This program is produced in the studios of KCRW Santa Monica. You can access archives of all Bookworm programs and podcasts, the most recent ones, at kcrw.com bookworm. The Bookworm themes were composed and performed by Ron and Russell Mayle of Sparks. I want to tell you about a new show from the Financial Times called Life and Art from FT Weekend, hosted by me, Lila Raptopoulos. Life and Art is twice a week. On Mondays, I have a guest on to talk about life and how to live a good one. Everything from winter travel to cooking to living more creatively. And on Fridays, we talk art. Two FT journalists and I discuss a piece of culture that's in the air. New music, movies, and more. Find Life and Art from FT Weekend wherever you listen.